Welcome to Optimal Self, the art of becoming the best version of you. Join us as we talk with extraordinary people who are on the journey to living to their optimal self. We dive deep into their minds to learn what they do on a daily basis to create optimal results. They share their tools and insights so you can implement them into your own life to become the best version of you. Here's your host, Jeremy Herriter. All right, y'all. Welcome back to Optimal Self Conversations, where we talk to incredible people who, through adversity, grit, and persistence, are forging the path to being the best version of themselves. They join us to give you the tools to do the same. Ladies and gentlemen, I know I say this all the time, but today you are in for a treat. This is a I consider a, a longtime friend. We were we were played together in the grid league. My man, he is a sponsored athlete with dot fit JTS and RP strength. And I want to read to you what JTS said because I couldn't have I could not have written it any better. It says straight up, James Townsend is a freak, plain and simple. No exaggeration or embellishment. He is the 1% of the 1%. When it comes to speed, strength, and explosive power, I can attest to this. I personally have never been in a room with anybody better. He's a former track star, NFL wide receiver, taking his 455 bench and 45-inch vertical 40 <laughs> speed. And not only has he taken it from, from his NFL days, but he has transitioned now into being on the powerlifting platform and setting records and doing incredible things, not just as an athlete, but as a father, as a husband, and as a coach, man, James, thank you so much, brother, for being here. How are you, man? Yeah. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Doing good, man. Yeah, we're doing really good. Thank you for having me. So, like I was telling you pre-show, man, our audience is, is into the authenticity and the, and the love of, of it all. And, you know, one of the things that I know about sport and I know about success is nobody falls on top of the mountain. Everybody starts at a zero spot. Right. Everybody has to get there, right? Right. And I know when we talk about right. your journey, right. being an incredible high school athlete, going on to play Division One football, uh, Iowa and, and Rutgers, and then getting a chance to play in the NFL. But let's go back. Like, where did that desire for you start? When did that fire start burning? Or when did you know, like, I think there's there's something here? I believe it started with me uh, being the the youngest of four. My uh, two older sisters and two older brothers, you know, when you're the youngest and your brothers and, and everybody else are doing the fun stuff that you want to do, you kind of follow their footsteps. You you fall in line. Right. So I was one of the, the young ones that wanted to follow around my brothers. My brothers are five and six years older than me. And so at the age of three, they would bet their friends that their three year old brother would beat them in a run in a race. And I would beat them and I would make the money, <laughs> you know, and then, you know, just just growing up in the uh, South Bronx and then uh, eventually moving to the to the suburbs of New Jersey. I would always play pickup ball with them, with the older guy. And I was able to hold my own because I was the fastest, you know, and then by the age of five and six, this is where my one of my older brothers, Anthony, came home to my mom and was like, Mom, you need to put you need to put Jim Jim in football. And she was like, oh, I don't know. You know, it's kind of dangerous. She like, and he was like, no, man, like, you don't understand. He's hanging with us and out running everybody and catching the ball and, you know, scoring touch. Like, 
we need to do something with this. And the rest is history. <laughs> right. So, but nobody gets to the NFL just on good genetics and that. Nobody. Everybody who's there had to put in the work. There's work that takes. Right. Because at some point, as a young kid in the Bronx or in South New Jersey, you know, the talent wins out, right? I can beat most of these kids just because I'm fast. But at some point, everybody's right. fast. At some point, it all happens. So, right. so talk about the struggle, man. Talk about, you know, because again, I, I got to imagine your dream was to be, you know, four-time All-American and be a number one draft pick and to, and to make hundreds of millions of dollars like they're doing today, right? And so we can see all the accolades and stuff yeah. and the talent, but where did the struggle come in? Where where did you start to see those and, and what things did you have you to know, do? You know, the, the struggle comes in at, at home. You know, mm-hmm. if you have that guidance, right? Where are you putting that energy at? Where are others putting that energy at? Meaning those that are in the in the home with you. Are they just putting it in into football? Or are they putting it into your schooling, your everyday life, and then football? Because if you don't have your everyday life, then your schooling, if you don't have that in order, football is just going to be a fun thing. And then once it gets really good to where just like how you said everybody is fast, that whole, oh, you know. I'm the fastest in the nation from high school going to, damn, everybody's fast in the nation in college. That messes with your mind because you don't have the guidance. You don't have the wherewithal how and to really appreciate hard work. And that's where I was at. I was always going off of my natural talent from little league to high school as if I didn't need to work hard. And people were letting me believe in that from my immediate family to fans to teachers to you know girlfriends to friends it was just like oh you know you could outrun anybody you could, I could throw you a 90 yard bomb and you just going to catch it like oh you don't need to come to class oh you don't need to do this work oh you don't need to work out you you're just naturally talented like nobody really emphasized to me the hard work that comes along with it the grind that comes along with it the determination to still be hungry even when you do have this talent you still got to outwork the next person. So it, you know, it, it's a constant grind of having that guidance. Like really, yes, you are good in football, but hey, football is not everything. Being an athlete, we don't want this to just be our identity. No, who who is James Townsend before football or who is James Townsend after football? Who do you want to be? You know, because you don't want to just label yourself a football player because when you just label yourself a football player and something happens, then it's really going to get hard to get up out of that mud, right? So I would say the the guidance of juggling who James Townsend is as a person and who James Townsend is as an athlete, that wasn't discussed with me. It was just, you're James Townsend, the athlete, and this is who you're going to be. You're going to make this money. You're going to get us up out of here. You're going to be able to do this. You're going to be able to do that. And that's, that was my focus. And that was something that, you know, I couldn't live up to. You know, ultimately, once I got to college and then, you know, got to the league, it was just that. It was just too much. It was just too much. Damn. Well said, man. I went through the same thing. I'll tell you a quick little, my little story on, on the identity piece, because I want to touch on that a lot. Because you said two things, and I want the, I want the audience to listen. 
You said environment, meaning the people around you, who you surround yourself with. What are they telling you? What are they teaching you? They're pumping you. Just no, you're the best, you're the best, you're the best, you're the best. You don't have to work that hard. No, you don't need to come to class. No, you don't need to do that, right? That's a disservice. It's a disservice that we do to people all the time, right? The parents out there right now that are just trying to smooth the path for their kids to make it smooth because they're like, oh, I want you to have that rocky path. No, man, they need the rocky path, man. You need to tell them the truth, right? The, the talent ain't going to get you there. It's the work. It's the pursuit. But I'll tell you this on identity. And I don't know if we ever talked about this in, in our time together, but I was in a grocery store. It was the second year after not playing anymore. So I, my career was over in baseball. First year, I did nothing, right? And then I'm like, man, what am I going to do? Who am I, right? Going through that whole that whole transition. And I was standing in the grocery store and this and this guy comes over and he goes, Jeremy, Jeremy, what's up, man? And he reaches out his hand. I shook his hand. I'm like, hey, and I like, you know, like you recognize him, but I don't. He says his name and he's like, man, we went to high school together, man. I used to watch you like so proud of you, man, playing for the Diamondbacks. That was so cool. Like he had all this stuff, right? He's like, my son is in the car. Do you mind if I go get him? And I was like thinking to myself, Really? Like, sure, no problem, whatever. I'm I'm literally grocery shopping. Right. And he brings this kid in. He's like seven years old. He's like, hey, you know, Cody, this is Jeremy. This is the guy I was telling you about. He's like, Cody loves baseball. And and so I say, hey, Cody, you know, and I'm smiling. I'm talking to him. And when he introduced me, he said, this is Jeremy. This is the baseball player I was telling you about. And James, my heart dropped. Because I hadn't been on a baseball field or got a baseball check in a couple of years ago. And in that moment, right. I realized like I felt like a fraud because I wanted to, I wanted to say, yo, I'm not a baseball player. You know what I mean? Like, hold on, let's be clear. Mm-hmm. And because it, it crushed me, but the kid was so happy. And I, you know, we talked a little bit, we talked a little baseball and they were like, man, thank you so much. And the guy, they left and everything. And so I got out of that grocery store and I was sitting in my car by myself. And I was like, I was having this mad, like, anxiety attack because i was like shit i'm a baseball player and i don't play baseball no more like am i really that right and i have this identity check right right? i'm like and just like you said it baseball is what i did it's not who i am and i need to i need to embrace and figure out who i am and if you don't have those people around you if you can't seek out and again seek out like you said those mentors are, are getting the guidance because a lot of times it's not it's not the people closer to us because they don't know either they don't know what that's like right they don't know what it's like to to have that pursuit right and then checking our identity and figuring that out so I'm glad you brought that up man because I think and I think people in general we're talking as athletes but I know we have a lot of people listening that that aren't necessarily athletes but they also have that they haven't truly found out who they are to create that identity, to create the person they want to be. Because right. now, right. and I hope you guys follow along, you guys need to get on IG, you need to follow James, because you'll be blown away by what he can do in a gym, but you'll be more blown away by the father that he is and how he's raising his kids, man. So follow along. But James, I want to touch on that a little bit, man, because when was that point for you? Because I see you today, and I know your story. You know, we've been teammates. We've been boys for a while. When was that time, man, that, you know, you started to shift that identity to be like, okay, yeah, I'm a good athlete. Yeah, I can do things that most people can't. 
but who am I really? And how did you get there? I want to say it was around the time of, of when we were doing grit. I did yeah. not like that the first game of the season, they didn't want me to play, to start. And I'm like, you know, and I'm sitting there, and this is where from I stopped playing ball in 2010, and this is 2015, right? That's when we did yep. yeah, grit, 2015. Yep. Yeah. So within that, those five years, I'm struggling with the identity because I'm still able to do some freakish things, you know, in the sport of, of CrossFit and everything. And then, you know, I, I would try to, to humble myself, but then I still felt that sense of pride and that, and that kind of cockiness in me to say, you know what, yo, if, if I'm not playing ball, I could do this. And then, you know, I could make a name for myself, but, but I was tuggling back and forth, right? I was tuggling back and forth because I didn't, I didn't want to still hold on to that cockiness. It was like, I was fighting in my mind you know, with self of, hey, you you could do this easier than that next person, this and that. And, and then I started to see it creep in. And then I'm like, no, nah, I can't, I, I can't be like that. Mm-hmm. You know, because because now I have a two-year-old daughter who would need me to groom her to not see herself as better than somebody else. You know, mm-hmm. I need her. And more importantly, she need me to step in the limelight of being humble and not afraid to put myself second and put others first to show them the way of not how to go about doing something. You know what I mean? So it was during that time to where it was like, you know what? I don't, I'm driving myself crazy. And if I keep on fighting this internally and not address it on the outside, but also address it on the inside with somebody else, it's going to drive me back. And when I mean back, I've been in a mental hospital to whereas that pressure of wanting to perform, that pressure of having to perform for others drove me to try to commit suicide in 2008. And so I had to take a step back myself and was like, you know what, this is not about me anymore. You know, my path with God, my personal relationship with Christ is that he needs me to be the man that he needs me to be, but not in the forefront, in the back. Because leaders don't leave from the front, right? Leaders don't leave from the front. We leave from the back because it's those that we're guiding that's in front of us that's walking. If you ever see a pack of wolves, the alpha is not in the front. The alpha is in the back because he's guiding them. He's protecting them, making sure that they're doing everything right, making sure that he's sitting in the back and making sure that, all right, this wolf is doing it right, this wolf is doing it right, that wolf is doing it right. If somebody was to go ahead and get out of line or do something, he could come up and check them and be like, hey, this is what you need to do. Go do it right. Mm-hmm. Right? So it was that time to where I was like, it's not about me. And I could fully relinquish it. And then that's when I went ahead and I didn't want to do, try to try to pursue CrossFit anymore. That's when I went into Olympic weightlifting and then threw my hat, threw my shot into being a coach personally coaching and then that's when I had Matt um uh, Matty Espinoza team and then from there on I was like you know what this is fun this is life I could really sit back and enjoy being second being third being fourth not being in the forefront because Jeremy to, to be honest with you when people say oh man you're great you can do this you can do that oh man you should do this you could I get my heart start racing mm-hmm. Because that was my drug back in the day. I used to love hearing that from people. 
Mm-hmm. Right? I used to love hearing it. That, that used to feed me. That used to, like, fuel my fire. But now when, when I see it and I hear it, it makes me almost want to say, all right, thank you, and I got it, and I got to leave. Because it does something to me. It, like, it, it gets me nervous. You know, just even hearing you read what Juggernaut wrote, it, it just, it, yeah, it, it, it makes me feel uncomfortable. It, it, it makes me feel like that identity, that person wants to come back, but I'm not allowing that person to come back because I'm not that person anymore. I'm a father. I'm a husband. I'm a man of God. I'm a coach. And I don't need to be in the limelight anymore. What I need to do is to make the future better for my kids in this generation now. You know, I need to lead them into the future to create a better one. And that's the main, that's the main goal. Hey listeners, it's Jeremy. Just wanted to say thank you so much for listening. And I wanted to take a quick break from the episode and remind you that at www.optimalself.today, you can gain access to our free, did I say it, free identity creator course, plus right now two bonus downloads that will forever change the way you go to bed and wake up in the morning. Did I mention that this is all free? It is for a limited time. Thank you guys again for listening. And again, the website is www.optimalself.today. Now let's get right back to the episode. Yeah, man. I remember you you made reference to the grid. I remember that day when they they sat us down and they called us in one by one and they they announced the starting lineup to us, right? And you and I drove to and from practice. We lived in the same, we lived together and we were driving to and from the practice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember you got in, I got in the car and you got in Shaka. And I didn't know because none of us knew who was and who wasn't. We just knew if we were. So I knew we'd been gone through that training camp and man, it was everybody fighting for their spots and inside. I, I mean, I was so happy, right? And I got in that car and because when I heard those words, like, yeah, man, you're you're the starter, right? I was like, oh my God, all the work, right? All the things. And so, and I remember you sitting right. in the car right. that day and I met, I could feel all of that. Everything you just described, I could feel. And let's, let's be clear to everybody. It was, it was one game, it was one match and you were in right away. So it's not as if, you know, we had to go through some things, yeah. but, but when you and I shared the grid together, shared yeah. those headlifts and front squats and, and all those things. But you know, it's funny, James, as I, as I think about those days, at, you know, as competitors and getting to spend time with you as a man and you and I having some really wonderful conversations just, just about life and, you know, you and Amy and, and you, I think P was the only thing, you know, I think you got three now and, you know, yeah. <laughs> she was just born and she was really little. And, but I just remember those days. And I actually, thought, I remember thinking to myself that I felt like you were living somebody else's life. Like I felt like, and again, you kind of described it that way now is that everybody wanted me to be this great football player or everybody wanted, everybody saw my talent and wanted me to be across the champion where it's like, I was living somebody else's life because of this, you know, talent and work. Cause let's be clear, man. I mean, we talk a lot about this, but I mean, I've been in the gym with you, man. I know that you put in the work. I mean, the, the stuff that you do is not the things that even you're you're capable of today is because of the, the work that you continue to, to put in. Right. 
But I'll be honest with right. you, man. I, I felt that in those days. Now that we're really discussing it together, I felt that. I felt you you living someone else's life. And now it just gave me the chills. Like I literally got the chills in my body because I believe you're now living to your purpose. And do you feel that way? Do yeah. you feel like that yeah. purpose? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%, man. It was like when I decided to to walk away from the Chicago Bears, right? That was four four months after. That was four months after getting out of the mental hospital. I had a month and a half to get ready for, for my pro day. And then I had a month to get ready for the draft, got signed as a free agent, and then spent a month with the Bears, right? And I remember having a meeting with Love with Lovey Smith and, and, and my position coach, and they presented me a contract. And I can remember sitting there right there, like just saying, wow, thank you, thank you. You know, I was smiling. You know, I was I was being... I was being nice because that's what I needed to do at that time. I couldn't be my happy self because I wasn't, I wasn't here. Mm. Right. So I remember coming home and I remember uh, calling my position coach and telling him I'm not coming back, that I have to turn this down and that I have to walk away and that I have to get better. And he was like, man, I appreciate you for saying that. He's like, I appreciate you for saying you have to get better. Then I come home and I'm thinking I would be embraced by open arms. And I wasn't. And I wasn't. I felt like I felt that whole year and a half from 2008 to 2010, that whole year and a half was just it was the darkest year and a half of my life. Like working at Target, you know, working at Home Depot, you know, partying, you know, being with all different types of women. and always hearing, man, why are you home? Why are you working here? What are you doing? You should be in the league. This and that. You should be doing this. You should, you should be doing that. What are you doing? And nobody really wanting to sit down with me to really understand why did I make that decision to walk away? Like nobody really wanted to understand my mental health at that time. Nobody really wanted to sit down and talk why I was in a mental hospital for two weeks. Nobody didn't want to talk about that. Everybody just wanted to talk. Man, you shouldn't be here. You should be on the football team somewhere. Go to the Eagles tryout. Go to Dallas. Go 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 to the Dallas tryout. You know, you're out in LA. They're in um 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 Oxnard. Go out there. Go with them. Go, you know, and and it was like I was so worried about how people view me that I took that to heart for those five years from 2010 to 2015. I took that to heart. So I was always trying to be somebody i was always trying to be somebody for somebody else i was always trying to be the best you know boxing coach because I, I was training ufc fighters in boxing right and then i was trying to be the best crossfitter i was trying to i was trying to get into that so people could be proud of me i was trying to get into grid so people could be proud of me right i was trying to do stuff so that i could get the accolades from mothers instead of giving the accolade for myself Right. I thought I thought I thought I was good by by, you know, walking away and, you know, and I felt good, but I was still fighting that identity demon. And it's hard, man. It's hard when you're when you think you want to be this athlete and you're you're pursuing it and you're trying to get there and it's there. But then it doesn't happen. 
And then it's like, all right, what's next? Because nobody, no, no, the guidance, like I said in the beginning, nobody guides you about plan B or plan C or plan D. You know, I didn't even have a bank account until I was 26 when I got my wife. Like nobody, nobody told me that. I didn't have credit. I didn't have, I didn't have a credit card. Like these things, man, there's, there's more to it than just being an athlete. An athlete should be third on your list being a man or being a woman and then setting up yourself long-term for success. And then if you have that drive to want to be an athlete, then that could come. But if that athletic life don't happen, at least you got plan A, the man or the woman that you are. And then you have plan B, whatever you plan to set you up for long-term success, it's there. Yeah. And then you could build off of that. A lot of us from the athlete standpoint, and I'm sure a lot of people listening that were athletes, feel that same way, right? Is that, and even if you do have those mentors and things like that, you still have to do the work yourself, right? Like I want people to understand that. Yeah, Individually, like, I mean, it it is, you are right. Like we need those people, yeah, to help us guide and help us. And I think that's why you and I do what we do today is because we didn't have that. I didn't have anybody to tell me that shit. I didn't have anybody to guide me. I didn't have anybody to tell me like, I mean, I wasn't even doing it right. You know, sometimes I was just like, yeah, I'm just going out to hit these balls and I'm going to do it because I just want to keep getting better. I want to, I want to pursue. And yeah, we spent all the money and we did all the things. It's like, no, man, like there is part of that, right? People need to understand that. Yeah. Mentors matter, but they don't have to be the ones closest to you. Most of the time they're not right. Right. They're not. You've got to seek out people there today we're very fortunate you get to listen to podcasts like this you get to listen there's books there's youtube there's all these things that we can seek out information to understand but understand ladies and gentlemen you listening understand something work is done on yourself you have to do the work what james did is i mean that's rock bottom suicide and those thoughts and, and performance anxiety and all those things like we're talking about we're talking about sport. We are. But listen, there's so many people out there that have the same exact problem in their job and in their life. And, and they're looking for maybe, you know, yeah, they can't run a 4-3 and they can't jump 45 inches and they can't bench 450. No, they can't. But listen, your skill, you you have the ability to learn. And if you if you embrace the ability to learn and if you're willing to work on yourself and create that identity, notice James never said this. He never said, oh, I found myself. No, hell no, he didn't. He created that guy because he had created the first version too. But that version was actually created by the surrounding people. They were feeding his mind. They were feeding him. So all of that consumed, everything he consumed with his ears and consumed with his eyes he saw it. He heard it. He had some success. I was beating dudes off the blocks. I was catching touchdowns. So he had the confirmation bias right there that I am great. But yet that identity was created by all the words and all the things around him. He didn't go looking for him himself. He, it was always in him. Now he created the new version of James Townsend. Jim Jim now is a father and a husband and a coach. And he's like, yo, and I'm sure, man, like, let me ask you this. Cause I know that, I know the people listening are going to be like, cause they see you now with, you know, you uh, having a successful gym, you doing well on the platform yourself. And now with Mal, 
you know, those of you guys listening, now Brian, you know, one of the young up and coming CrossFitters, and they see her suggest, how does that feel to you? Here you are, you've been to the top of the mountain. You've been one of the best in the world. But how does that, how does it feel even when you pull that bar off the ground and hit that world record, but actually seeing her cross the finish line first? What are the difference in those feelings and where do you get more satisfaction? I'll start with the difference. The difference is the foundation was laid for me. This is the abilities that God has blessed me with. There is no age limit on on where you could tap into your potential and, and actually find yourself or discover yourself or create yourself. There's no age limit to it. So you, you could be 60 years old and and finally, you know, become the wise person that you always known yourself to be, right? But then but it helps to start at a young age. And luckily, I am blessed to be working with my kids as well, but then also to work with Mao and, and be able to, to help guide her, to be a mentor to her, to be a father figure like to her, you know, with, with the blessings of her parents, because her parents are great. You know, she wouldn't be the, the young athlete and the young woman that she is today if it wasn't for her parents. But the most satisfaction that I get is, is her seeing that joy, right? Being in the, the gym with her eight hours a day, five days a week, you know, training, but not only just training, but conversing with her, you know, building that rapport, um, allowing her to be able to talk to me about stuff that she can't or, or don't want to talk to her parents about. Like I said, to be that mentor, to be that father figure, to be that friend, you know, and the satisfaction of, of being able to help mold a young woman like that to empower herself, to believe, for her to uh, allow me, the, the number one, to allow me to share my faith with her and, and my relationship with Christ and, and for her to accept that. And then her to believe in everything that we're doing and then go out there and do it. Man, that's <laughs> that just gives me goosebumps, man. That's just That's just amazing because it's not me. It's not me. It's not me that's doing it. It's her. It's all her. And that's why we do it, right? I, I don't do it, you know, me being in a position of a coach, I don't do it to receive the accolades of, hey, you're the coach, you got here, there. No, like, I'm here, I'm in the background. She has to go out there on the competition floor and make it go. She's the one that's doing it. I'm just help guiding her the way. And that's all that matters. Everything is is about her. We thank God for keeping her safe. We thank God for giving her the, the, the talent and the abilities to go out there and do what she do. It's all her. I want no accolades from it. I don't want no praise from it. I just want her to be the best version of herself inside the gym, but also outside the gym. And that's why it's called the Brave One Gym. I want you to be brave inside the gym, but most importantly, you're going to be brave outside the gym. If you can push yourself to the brink of what we call in CrossFit, the pain cave, that dark place. If you could push yourself to go there, just imagine what you could do outside of the gym. With your schoolwork, you know, at, at, at with your schoolwork, at work, with a relationship with a friend, just anything, um, just going about your day, just just how much you you can empower yourself to be able to take on the real beast. And the real beast is the world, right? The real beast is the world. The real beast is not the sport that you play or um, you being in the gym and working out. The real beast is the world. Are you ready for the world? 
you know, you may think you're ready, but in your heart, you got in your heart and your mind, you have to be ready. You have to be prepared. Just like how you prepare for CrossFit, weightlifting, baseball, football, basketball, but you really need to be prepared for this world. Cause this world is a beast. And you have to be ready for it. Yeah, man. I <laughs> in our group, in our optimal group, <laughs> I, I talk about it all the time, man. I'm like, look, here's what's gonna happen every day. You're going to spin around. You're going to sit on the edge of the bed. And as soon as you put your feet on the ground, before you even stand up to take on the day, and this is every damn day, life is standing there, this invisible fist. He's about to punch you right in the face. (laughs) 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 Oh, man, life is hard, right? Like, no, man, that's, 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 I love how you put that, man. That's it. And I love the man because I see it in you and who you are and now turning around and giving your guidance and mentors. And I want people to hear this. I mean, you know, we, we can talk, you know, again, what your gym is doing and, and, you know, I mean, obviously mouse success is, is well-documented and she's got big, big things ahead of her, but there's also those people that just, they just need the help. And, and the majority of the people listening today, right. Are not going to yeah. be world-class prospectors or world-class, you know, there may be a few in here, but, but the majority of people need to understand and, and at optimal self. And, and I want to get, and this is kind of what you said, we call it a hundred or nothing. Right. And what I mean by a hundred or nothing is it. And I also call it the champion spirit. And I say, everybody has a champion mm-hmm. spirit because everyone thinks champion. You want a super bowl or you want a, a world series. Right. Or you want right. And I'm not talking about that. That's what I'm talking about. Champion spirit is that it's simple. If it's worth doing, if I am choosing to do something, if I choose to do it, then I should do it the best that I can possibly do it. So if you're going to make your bed, make yep. the damn bed yep. first. You're going to do the dishes, do the damn dishes. <laughs> right. 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 If you're going to brush your teeth, right. yep. make those things so damn clean that the dentist is like, yo, this is the best I've ever seen. Right. Why not? <laughs> because every damn moment of your life, every moment you're training yourself to be average or to be great because the average person does everything average and they get average results and they go, I don't know why it's happening that way. Yo, it's because you train, you have trained your mind and you have trained your behaviors to be average. Do it better. Do it the best you can possibly do it. Doesn't mean you're going to do a 60 inch box jump. Never. But what it does mean is if I'm going to jump that thing, I don't care if it's 12 inches. I'm going to jump that thing the best that I can possibly do it today. And, you know, coming into the gym, because you and I believe this, man, I'm telling you, movement is one of our principles. It's principle three. And I call it movement. I don't call it exercise because I don't care if you go to CrossFit. I don't care if you're a powerlifter. I don't care if you're a Pilates or a yoga person, whatever. What I care is that you move every day and that you get because it's better for your brain than it is for your body. Right. And what I do know is it is a gateway drug for success because it's a discipline that you can create confidence. And I want you to speak to this, James, because I know you see it every day. You built a gym. You've got members that are your everyday people, your, your soccer moms, all the way to your CEOs, right? You got your, your young athletes that want to compete. And you got the people that, that, man, I just need to be, I need to not be a fat ass anymore, right? I just want to feel better. Right, right, right. It's all the same mentality, though, right? doesn't matter if it's the soccer mom or if it's Mal. It's the same mentality. Tell me more. Yep. Yeah. So it's, it's you know, 
that's the main thing about it is, you know, when people, those everyday people, when they come walking into the door, they want a structure. At TBO, there's a structure behind our programming. There's a percentage. We, we, we start at a certain percentage. We work through that cycle. I explain why we're working through that cycle. And I explain why we want to work through that cycle. To allow people like, hey, if you're coming in here, especially if, if you're doing CrossFit, one, I don't like calling them members. If you're coming in to do CrossFit, you're an athlete. Because it it's nothing about being a, a, a member doing CrossFit. <laughs> if you're doing compound movements and multi-joint movements, you're an athlete. You need to be an athlete in order to do those movements. You need to be an athlete in order to do a full snatch, power snatch, full clean, power clean, right? You need to be an athlete. But then they need a structured plan. They need a purpose. Why are we doing this? All right, so we're going to warm up. We're going to go into gymnastics. We're going to go into our 70% of our, you know, overhead squats, you know, four by three, you know, and then we're going to go ahead and get into our Metcon. Our, metab uh, our uh, metabolic conditioning, right? And then the next day, we're still going to do a warm-up, a gymnastics, a weightlifting. The weightlifting piece would be different. It would mimic what we did prior, right? Overhead squats, we'll have a split jerk or push press or something, right? And then on Tuesdays, we'll lay off of the barbell. We'll work on minor structural stuff or body weight, or, or or just a dumbbell. And then Wednesdays is our monostructural days, whether it's, I call it machine fit, right? We, we're getting better on the machines. Everybody needs to know how to get better on a skier, row, assault runner, biker, you know, all those stuff. Thursdays, we're working on barbell conditioning, barbell cycling. Everybody don't know how to barbell cycle. Everybody don't know how you can move a barbell, but what's your conditioning like? What's your capacity? What's your intensity? What's your barbell cycling like? And then Friday, we put the whole week together. Saturday, we come together and we do partner workouts. There's a structural purpose and plan for you to get better. Go to your board. Hey, what's your 70% on the board? What's your max, right? You got to come in and come in with a plan because when you come in with a plan and you start that process, you appreciate that process. And then that process turned into progress. You appreciate that progress. And then that progress will give you your results and your goal. Take your goal, write it on the board. Let's come back and let's do that again over the next four to five weeks. And this is what's going to keep them coming and keep them going and see their body, see their interest drop, see their weight drop, see the muscle come onto their body, see them moving good when they're at home they're lifting their boxes right they're lifting their kids right you know they feel good they have the energy they're coming into the gym and i don't know how people could come in at 5 a.m but those 5 a.mers <laughs> they come in they're doing their thing you repeat that and that becomes a part of your life that becomes a part of your day-to-day -day routines weekly right you feel good you move good you move good you lift good you lift good you perform good and that's what it's about. Love it, man. Yeah, I had, I had to take my man Dion Sanders' quote. <laughs> <laughs> I love that quote too, man. I love and I, I love me some Dion. <laughs> I talked about him the other yeah. day. That alter ego, man. I talk about how how the greatest in the world have that alter ego, man. He he created prime time, right? Because he's like, yo, Dion, that's at home. Yeah. Dion's at home, man. Prime time though, 
<laughs> Boy, he is going to work. Right. He didn't if it was baseball or football, right? Jordan had MJ. Kobe had the Black Mamba. Yep. Beyonce has Sasha Fierce, right? Like, everyone, they, they yep. do. They yep. create this whole dream. Because, like, because, again, it's just like what you said. I don't know how to manage the greatness and the athlete or the performer with just being the guy that's going to the grocery store and I got, and I got kids and I got a wife, like, right. You got to manage it. Right. You can't be, right. you, I mean, you know, you couldn't be the black mom at home. Right. Beyonce is, is really an introvert. Right. She talks about it all the time. She's like, yeah, the performing, it frightens me. But when I know I'm just, all I got to do is go be Sasha Fierce, then I'm cool. Like, all right. And then I get to walk off and be Beyonce. Right. right? Let me right, let me right. let me wrap this for these. What your last statement was really wonderful, and I love how you struck you you said it. I'm gonna. I want people at home because they're like, man, I don't do CrossFit. I don't understand model structure rule and ultimate. Okay, listen. Let me put this into layman terms for you at home right now. He has a structure which you all can have. There's preparation, so he knows exactly what they're gonna do for the next four to five to six to eight weeks, whatever that is. But you can all have that same structure. How am I gonna get up in the morning? What am I gonna eat? Am I going to hydrate properly? What is the movement you're going to do? Structure right. first. Because once I have the structure, then it, then it goes into my purpose. Now I'm purposeful with those movements, with my day. Let's talk about a regular day, right? Those of you guys that aren't, you know, going to a gym, it's fine. But you structure. Now I'm purposeful to it. So when I have structure mm-hmm. and I have purpose... Now I have, and now those structures go towards a specific goal so that everything is in alignment. Listen, everything where, where most people, where most people get off is because they have a goal. They say they want to, whatever, lose 20 pounds. They say they want to make a million dollars. I get people walking in my office all the time, brother, right? I run a real estate office. I got 200 and some agents. And I get those people that are like, Jay, I want to, at this time, I'm like, all right, I got the blueprint. Let's go. Let's sit down. And I say this all the time. Everybody wants to be a millionaire. Everybody wants to make a million bucks until they know what it takes to make a million bucks. Everybody wants to come out of CrossFit gym and be Mal O'Brien. Everybody's like, oh, shit, I want to do it. Until you sit next to her and see what she does. You're like, yeah, maybe not. <laughs> Every day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah, every day. Every These day. people need to get it, man. I want you to get the most out of out of out of Jim Jim, man, because it hit where you are today is is incredible. That's why I couldn't wait to have this conversation. Structure, purpose, be intentional, and you'll get the outcomes that you want. But ladies and gentlemen, mm-hmm. without intention, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. And nope. we also have it at Optimal Self, one of our it's called I call it self-synergy. So synergy is when everything's in alignment, right? People are like, I want that synergy. But we always want synergy with everything else. All in my relationship on this. But I tell people like, look, you need self-synergy. And what that means is where my thoughts, my words, and my actions are all in alignment with the same goal. So if you tell me you want to lose 20 pounds, but yet you're driving through McDonald's, that ain't ain't gonna work. (laughs) We already know that, right? If you don't show up to the workouts, how are you going to do it? And I want everybody right now to, to think about that, right? It's because you, you've touched on it all. And I want to I go back to something before we get into the end here. Because you talked about the, the wolves and how the, the, you know, leading from the back. But I want to add to what you said, because 
you're also leading by example. And that's a really important piece is that when they walk in and they see you, it's very easy to go, hmm, yeah, he, he's, he's doing some work, right? They get to see you train. So we're talking about the gym, but I want people out there to understand is this is how we live, right? How you live every day is in alignment with TBO, <laughs> like for real, like <clears throat> TBO, like when I hear that now, I know that's you. That's you at home. That's you. Again, it's you in the gym. It's you. You know what I mean? Like every aspect of this is how it is. So I don't want people to lose sight of the fact that you're all leaders. You're leaders of something and you're leaders of self. you got to leave right. you first. Look, James would not have the clientele that he has. He wouldn't have the gym that he has. He wouldn't have the successful athletes that he has. If he didn't lead himself first, you cannot lead others until you lead yourself. So again, right. your diet had to get better, right? Let's be honest. I got to tell this story, man, because it's still one that I love to this day. We get home in training camp and, you know, I got, I got a bowl of rice and some chicken and my man sits down next to me <laughs> with a case of Oreo cookies. Training camp, bro. We're gonna be, we are gonna be lifting and run. And you're like, yeah, I got this, man. And he ate the whole damn roll of Oreo cookies. Party size. I gotta imagine that's not going down today with 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 your athletes and your people, right? Oh, my athletes, no, no. They can't eat like I can. No, no. Oh, man. It's like it's like you see Marshawn Lynch, right? You know, I mean, you, you see Marshawn Lynch with his Skittles and all that. And now you hear you hear Chad Ochocinco, you know, on his I Am Athlete. You know, it's Chad versus science. And, you know, he, he'll tell you, like, I, I live off of McDonald's. You know, and, and this it's everybody's different. Everybody's different. Now, am, am I pulling back from it a bit? Yeah, because I'm getting older. I'll be 38 next year and everything, but it's different. <laughs> I remember that day, too. It's different. Yeah, I remember. Different. But here's what I want people to understand is that, yeah, there is difference, but but here's the thing. And I would say this to you because I love you, man, and you know that. Everything in the here is love. But if you actually use nutrition as if Ocho Cinco used it, like, I get it. I understand the concept. It's a TV show and you get to do whatever you want and you can get away with some things, but you're never going to reach your full capacity. The best that you can be ever without, without properly fueling your body, whatever that looks like. And you're right. Everybody's different than that. I mean, we do blood work now with our people, right? We got people doing blood work so that we can see, you know, how their body responds to certain things. I think that's a, you know, that's something that's overlooked a lot is like, Hey, everybody should eat, you know, chicken, salmon, and, and broccoli. And, and what they don't know is that their body is reacting, having, a, having an inflammatory response to broccoli, right? right? Although it's healthy as shit and right. it's great. Yeah. It may not be great for you, right? right. But again, processed yep. foods, sugars, yep. all that kind of stuff, it's always going to take you down. Again, the Skittle thing with, with Marshawn was for, Marshawn. for the usage, right? It's for the usage. Like, hey, man, I got to get yeah. out there and do bursty, right? I got to be fast. And so I need that glute. It's right. a glucose thing. We call it Skittles, but you can call it whatever you want. He could take anything, but it was a glucose. 
it's a glucose thing, not just a Skittle thing where people are like, oh shit. Right. Because now you got people, now you got people at home driving their car to work going, oh shit, I just need a burst. I'm gonna do Marshawn. I'm gonna eat, I'm gonna eat Skittles. No, man, because mm-hmm. he's about to get the carry the ball 35 times in the 48 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you gotta do it. So, anyways, so all right, man. I want to honor your time. And this is the last part of the show. You'll see it come up. It says quick hitters. So I have two words that I ask everybody who comes on here. And so, again, I just want to know how it hits you, where it's at. And so my first word is impact. What kind of impact you want to leave, man, on this world? That's a good one. Uh, My legacy, just just like how you said, right? Lead by example. When you lead by example, that leaves your legacy. Not only are you leaving your legacy for your kids, but then it's bigger than your kids and your wife. It's the world. You know, that's the impact. You know, I want I want to leave an impact on my kids and, and the world and, and those that are fans of mine or those that follow me that don't be afraid to make a mistake. And I'll put it like this. I like to be transparent and honest in my relationship with Christ. When my relationship with Christ, I go back and forth with calling myself a Christian because that word Christian hasn't been good since the founding of it in the early 400s, you know, and it drives a lot of people away. But that word Christian doesn't represent a relationship with Christ, right? So it's different. Christ didn't call himself a Christian. We call them that. You know, we call ourselves that, which is man-made. I just see myself as a follower of Christ. And so by being a follower of Christ is I make mistakes. I fall on my face. I'm not perfect. I don't proclaim myself to be perfect. My marriage ain't perfect. We go through our stuff. My outside relationships, outside of my marriage, friends, family, everybody knows that they go through stuff. I want people to see that what you go through, I went through too. The storm that you went through, I went through that storm too. You're not alone. We need that transparency, right? In order for people to not feel isolated, but to know that they are not alone, that this person also go, goes through that same thing. But how did I get through it? I persevered through it. You know, I persevered through it with my faith and with my trust in Christ. And he allowed me to get through that. He didn't allow me to hang my head because I made a mistake. He didn't allow me to hang my head because I decided to try to commit suicide when I was 23, 24 years old. You know, sometimes it rears his head and I remember it and I'll think about it or I'll see my friends still playing to this day. And it'll, it'll kind of put me in a somber mood like, man, these were my friends. These were my teammates. But that's not me. Who I am today is who my kids see me. Who I am today is who my how, how my wife see me. Who I am today is how my athletes of my gym, how Mal, how you, how my fans, how everybody else sees me today. That's the impact. That's the life. That's the legacy that I want to leave leave on people is to be transparent and to be open and to be honest, not just with yourself, but with others. So they can feel that love. So, so that when I meet you, when I see you, we embrace, we hug, we laugh. When you see somebody that's not that 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 you don't know, you embrace them, you show them love, you guide them, you you allow them to, to remember you to say, man, I was on the bus today. I saw this guy and he just was was smiling and he just he just looked like a ray of sunshine. Like 
wow, I I needed that today. I listened to Jeremy Herder's podcast today. I needed to hear that. I needed to hear lead by example so I can create a better future for my kids and for for other people's kids and then for their kids. All right. Last one, man. I don't even want to add nothing to it because that was beautiful. The next word, tell me this. How does it affect your life, man? Discipline. What does discipline mean to you? Man, that's... That's number one. I didn't find discipline until I was aged, until I was 31 years old. Discipline starts today. You know, discipline is, like you said, the structure, the purpose, the goal. Discipline allows you to be in that synergy, just like how you said, to be lined up. That's your discipline. And discipline should 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 be right there with lead by example, because can't have can't be a leader and you can't lead by example if you don't have discipline. Right. And building that discipline, that discipline for my kids is, you know, strong girl, strong world. Empower yourself, empower others, you know, be the one that everybody wants to that everybody wants to be. So so discipline is is, is everything, man. Discipline is discipline is everything. <laughs> discipline is everything, man. Got to have discipline. And God bless you and I both with some girls, man. So I, I, I can't strong girls, strong girls, man. So um, strong girls, strong world. Yeah. James, man, I cannot thank you enough for carving out this time. I know it's your day off. It was great to see the family uh, early, earlier, you know, offline, but yeah. Thank you, man. I'm forever grateful, man. Let's, uh, let's make sure that these conversations don't take so damn long. To have again, man. Let's let's stay a little bit closer, man. Cause I love what you're doing. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, man. We're I'm rooting for you. We're rooting for Mal. We're rooting for TBO. Those of you guys that are listening, you know, check him out online. All the stuff will be in the in the show notes. You know, give him a follow on on Instagram. It's what it's one of the best accounts around. Not just from a standpoint of of what he can physically do, but the way that he's leading his family and and, and leading those young children. So. We're honored to have you, man. We're better because of it. So thank you, James. Thank you, brother. All right, man. To the rest of you, until next time, get out there and be the best version of you. Subscribe to Optimal Self wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. For more information on how to be the best version of you, visit OptimalSelf.today and follow at OptimalSelf1 on Facebook, at Optimal underscore Self on Instagram, and subscribe to Optimal Self on YouTube. Thank you for listening.